let's look at Malachi chapter 3, verses 8 through 12. Will anyone rob God? Yet you are robbing me. But you say, how are we robbing you? In your tithes and offerings. You are cursed with a curse, for you are robbing me. The whole nation of you bring the full tithe into the storehouse so that there may be food in my house. And thus put me to the test, says the Lord of hosts. See if I will not open the windows of heaven for you and pour down for you an overflowing blessing. I will rebuke the locust for you so that it will not destroy the produce of your soil. And your vine in the field shall not be barren, says the Lord of hosts. Then all nations will count you happy, for you will be a land of delight, says the Lord of hosts. This is the word of God. Thanks be to God. Well, I am expecting to have more snow and ice this year than we are accustomed to in North Carolina. Is that an accurate expectation? Maybe, maybe not. Depends on the year, right? Okay. At least in North Carolina, when there's ice, there's usually comes with that a loss of power. So maybe sometimes loss of power for us here in the wintertime. Well, on those occasions when the power was out, because usually of ice and not of snow in North Carolina, I discovered the power of habit. Because here's what I would do, and I'm guessing some of you may do the same thing. In my mind, I knew that there was no power. In my mind, I knew that if I flipped the light switch, no light would come on. But did that deter me from flipping on the light switch? (laughs) Of course not. And I wasn't doing it just to see if the power was off. I knew it was off. Why was I flipping that light switch? Because I was in the habit of doing so. Perhaps you've had this experience as well. I remember one time we were in Sanford. Our power was out. A friend's power was not. We spent the night at the friend's house. And I came back to our house to get some things. I unlock the door, walk in. The first thing I do, flip the switch in the kitchen. And I say, oh, the power's not out. What are you thinking? Then I go upstairs and go into the closet to get some things. I flip on the switch. Oh, what are you thinking? The power's out. So I pull out the flashlight and get what I need. And then as I turn around from the closet and walk down the stairs, I flip the switch again. It was ingrained in me to flip the light switch, regardless of whether or not there was power to turn on the light. Here's a dream for Fifth Avenue Baptist Church that all of us will tithe without having to think about it. That it will be something that is simply ingrained in who we are, like flipping a light switch whether there's power or not. We simply know that it is who we are and what we do to give 10% of our income to the work of the church. Now, confession, testimony. I have to admit that in large part, the reason that Alicia and I tithe is because we've always been in the habit of doing so. We were taught by our families, we were taught by our home churches to tithe, and when we were married, from the first paychecks that we received at the beginning of our marriage over 20 years ago, 
we tithed to our church. Which then means we must admit that for us, it is no big deal. It is no big sacrifice. It is no indication of some spiritual maturity that we are able to tithe. We cannot pat ourselves on the back because we know of no other way. It's simply what we do. That's not a criticism. That speaks to the power of good habits and good teaching. That's a good thing. But what it does suggest for those of us like Alicia and me who are in the habit of giving 10% of our income to the church and who can think of no other way of doing things, that we need to have grace and patience for those who are not in that habit. For those perhaps who were not taught to do so, for those perhaps who did not grow up in church, for those perhaps who never got into that habit, we need to recognize that it is a big sacrifice if you're not in the habit. And so those of us who are in the habit need to have grace and patience for others as you work toward the tithe. Perhaps it's something that you can begin right now, but if not, to work toward it, working toward it in 2016 and then in 2017 taking another step closer to giving the tithe. Now, three observations on how we can move toward the tithe as a habit. Something that we do without thinking and how those of us who are already in the habit can move beyond that tithe. The first thing that we need to do, can't shy away from this, cannot hide this at all, and that is to say that Scripture is clear that we are called to give 10% of our income to the work of the Lord through our local church. Uh, It's not an option, it's not a suggestion, it's not, hey, this would be a wise thing to do if you have the time or have the means. Scripture is, is very clear that this is part and parcel of what it means to follow Jesus. And if we are not moving in that direction of the tithe, there is something that is missing in our discipleship. Jesus says that he is Lord over every part of our lives, including our finances. And and his lordship, the foundation for that in terms of looking at our finances faithfully and with generosity, the, the foundation, the baseline of biblical stewardship is the tithe. And and so the Lord says through the prophet Malachi, will anyone rob God, yet you are robbing me? But you say, how are we robbing you in your tithes and offerings? You are cursed with a curse, for you are robbing me, the whole nation of you. Bring the full tithe into the storehouse. Don't need to say much about that. It's pretty clear. Pretty clear. All that we have is God's, and God asks for a tenth of that as a part of our stewardship to do the work of the Lord. In this context, it was the work of the temple. Uh, The temple was the place where sacrifices were made. And so that was the religious system in that day in ancient Israel. So it was the first fruits, the first 10% of a person's crops and livestock that were given to the temple so that the sacrifices could be made, so that the priests who administered the sacrifices could be fed, and also so that the widow and the orphan and the alien, those in need, could be fed. All of those things were were done through the offering of the first 10% of your crops and your livestock. What that translates to us today is is that 10% of our income goes to turn on the lights, to pay salaries, to provide for programs, and to bless the world 
through all of these things. First observation, if we want to move towards the habit of the tithe, we, we have to have a sense of obedience and the sense that this is not something that God is forcing us to do to punish us but a sense that God commands us to do this because it is best for us and it is best for the church and this is how God has designed life to be lived. I don't know about you, I don't do very well and respond very well to guilt. Anyone like for me to pour on the guilt for you right now so that you'll give more? I mean, this is the passage to do it. I could do it. But I don't think that's how God would have us function in the church. There are so many things in the Bible that I know I should do that I don't do unless I've developed a habit to help me do it. And tithing is like that. I know I should be patient. You should be patient. We know we should be patient, correct? It's, it's a biblical virtue. And yet I also know that unless I spend time in quiet with God each day, my chances for being patient are diminished. I have to develop some kind of habit, some kind of structure. Uh, to help me fulfill that biblical mandate. And so the same is true for tithing, I believe. There there needs to be more than just a sense of, yes, this is what I'm supposed to do. So here are two things, in addition to being clear on biblical teaching that this is what we're called to do, but two things in addition to that that help me to give and to give generously. I give, we give, because we are part of a family. We are a family of faith here at Fifth Avenue Baptist Church. And I want my family to be strong. I want my family to be healthy. I want my family to thrive. And my family cannot thrive if I withhold the tithe that God calls me to give. And our family cannot thrive if any of us withhold that tenth, that offering that we are called to give together. We are in this together. And only together, with each of us doing our part, will we be who God wants us to be. That means we need equally, equally, we need the tithe of the child who tithes on her or his allowance. We need the tithe of the teenager who tithes and the college student who ties on their part-time job. We need the tithe of the person who ties their salary, the tithe of the person, the investor who tithes on their investment earnings, and the tithe of the senior adult who ties off of a fixed income. It's not the amount of each offering, it's that fact that each one is the tithe, the giving of our part to the health and the strength of our family. Do you feel like you're a part of a family? I need some help here. Just some nodding of heads. That would be fine. That would be fine. Thank you. Are you a part of a family? Yes. We are family here. And if we take seriously our role in our family, this family that we love, then we'll do our part. In many ways other than giving, but one of those ways is to give the tithe. But it's not just that we are part of a family. 
We are part of a family that God uses to bless the world. And here's what gets me really excited about giving. Jana mentioned this last week in her comments. She said, uh, the, the local church is the hope of the world. It's true. Government is important. Business is important. School, education, important. Law enforcement, impo- military, important. All of these things, all of these institutions are vital to the flourishing of our society. And we, each of us, if we're called to those areas of life, take our part in those places and we do our part as, to the best of our abilities. Yet as important as all of those institutions are, the primary place where God does His work or chooses to work in the world is through the church. And, and the, the church, when we are the church, can do amazing things. And part of our task, any person in leadership in the church, part of our task is to help the church, our church, reach our full redemptive potential in working for the kingdom of God in our community and in our world. And one of the ways that we make sure God is able to do all that God wants to do through our church is to tithe. Can you imagine how much we could expand Helpington if we all tithed? Can you imagine the difference that we can make in in helping people recover from addictions if we all tithe? Can you imagine how we could expand our ministry in Nicaragua if we all tithe? A team of researchers, I shared this with the uh, Wednesday night study last month in Proverbs, a team of researchers recently from UNC Chapel Hill and Notre Dame did this massive study about giving patterns in U.S. churches, and they estimate, biggest study ever done on this, they estimate that if everybody who regularly attends church in the United States were to tithe, it would unleash an extra, that is an extra, that is above and beyond what we already give, it would unleash an extra $46 billion for kingdom purposes. Can you imagine how many churches we could start around the world? Can you imagine how many refugees we could clothe and feed and protect? Can you imagine how many microloans we could give to entrepreneurs in developing countries? Can you imagine? That's what we can do when we give. So, I give because I'm in the habit of giving. We give because we're commanded to do it. We give because we're part of a family. And we give because we believe in what God is doing through Fifth Avenue Baptist Church. This January, we're going to start a visioning process. We're going to ask, okay, Lord, who is it that you're calling to be in this next season of our life together as a church? What is it that you're calling to do? Give us some action steps. Give us a plan for the next two years or so, 18 months or so. Give, guide and direct us. I'm working with colleagues on pastoral staff to, to make some recommendations to church council in the December meeting on what this process might look like, and we'll do that, and we'll get to work. And I have no idea what focus God will call us to. I have no idea what action steps God will lead us to. I don't know what this vision will look like, but I do know this. I believe in it already. And because I believe in it, I tithe. And because you believe in what God is doing in and through our church, you tithe or you work toward it so that the Lord's work can be done. Let's look at Malachi 3 once again. We tend to read this passage 
in thinking that if I tithe, then God is going to bless me so much materially that I'll be so glad that I did. Well, I do believe, and this passage suggests, that if we tithe, we will not be in need. God will provide. I've never met someone who said, you know, I shouldn't have tithed this year. But that's not the focal point of the passage. Let's look at it again. Bring the full tithe into the storehouse so that there may be food in my house, and thus put me to the test, says the Lord of hosts. See if I will not open the windows of heaven for you and pour down for you an overflowing blessing. The you in this verse is plural. God is speaking to the nation of Israel. We could say y'all if we wanted to. He says in verse 11, I will rebuke the locust for you, not, not the individual farmer, but for all the nation's farms, so that it will not destroy the produce of your soil. And your vine, all the vines of Israel, shall not be barren, says the Lord of hosts. Then all nations will count you happy, for you will be a land of delight, says the Lord of hosts. What's going on here is that God is saying, when you as a nation fail to tithe, then this divine protection and provision will be withdrawn. But when you tithe, when you bring the full tithe into the storehouse, then God will protect this agricultural society and protect the agricultural process so that the fields produce, so that the grains are abundant, so that there is an abundance of blessings agriculturally in the nation. But this is not just about Israel being healthy and wealthy and wise. Notice that God says, all the nations will count you blessed, you will be a land of delight. Hidden underneath that phrase is the original charter commandment to Israel, where God said to Abram, you will be blessed so that you will be a blessing to the nation." You will be blessed so that you may be a blessing. How does that apply to us? I believe with all of my heart. Then when we, that when we, as a congregation, each of us individually doing our part, bring our full tithe to the storehouse, when we give as we have been blessed, then not only will our church be healthy, but God will use us to do incredible things to bless our community and to bless the world. The message of Malachi 3 is, I believe, that in order to be a blessing to the world, what you are called to do, you have to be serious about your financial stewardship. And when you do so, God will do great things. I don't know about you, but I want to be in on that. I want to be a part of that. I want to be a part of some great thing that God is doing. And in order to do so, I tithe. Will you? Let's pray together. Lord, you have gifted us with so many resources. And you have called us to bring the full tithe into the storehouse. 
And we do so out of obedience, but we also do so hoping to develop a habit of it so that we don't have to think about it. It becomes a part of who we are. We do so because we want to bless our family, our church family. And we do so because we know that you will do amazing things through our offerings. And we want to be a part of it. We want to get, it, get in on it. And so, Lord, I pray for every person who already tithes, who's already in the habit. I pray that in light of our conversation today, that there would be thanksgiving for the habit, a renewed commitment to it, and a renewed awareness of the importance of tithing. And for those who are not at that tithe, Lord, I pray that you would fill them with an awareness of the joy that comes in participating in all that you have called them to do and help us to move toward that level of giving. Be with us as we pledge for next year. Be with us as we seek to fulfill our responsibilities for 2016. We are thankful for the privilege of doing our part in your work through Fifth Avenue Baptist Church. It's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen.